Man, good morning, everybody. So good to see so many of you at church this morning. And uh, our first 6.30 service was uh, amazing and sunrise reflection. So many people coming to Mountain Park today. And uh, again, if this is your first time here, uh, we're just so honored that you would on Resurrection Sunday and Easter Sunday come to Mountain Park Church. And we like to say uh, that one of our culture values is we are family. And so we like to say, welcome home, welcome home. And those that are joining us online again, thank you for logging in. Those upstairs, so many of you upstairs, can I get away from those upstairs? In the skyboxes, you're awesome. And so uh, just sometimes I forget there's people up there. And so uh, so good uh, to be with you this morning on Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. And uh, I was thinking about this, the message for this Easter Sunday, and my message is titled pretty simply, what a day. What a day. How many of you have had those moments in your life where you, at the end of the day, said, what a day. Uh, I remember when I was 13, when I had my first kiss. What a day. There was this cute girl that I really liked, and uh, I won't mention her name in case she views from South Africa, but I remember this cute little blonde girl in my class I really liked, and I wrote the note, you know, because we didn't have text message or Facebook or Twitter, all those things, you know, TikTok, I didn't send it to, I wrote, hand wrote, I like you, do you like me? <laughs> got someone to give it to her, someone, I got it back, yes, I do like you, and I was like, woohoo, it's awesome, will you be my, will you be my girlfriend, yes, and she said, yes, and I was like, yes, and, and we just, you know, we pretended, we kind of dated, we didn't even know what dating was back in school, and now parents, I know, please don't, I know you probably have different views, don't be mad at me, I agree with you, my daughter will not date till she's 40, but I remember what a day when I had my first kiss and I remember getting on my yellow little bicycle and I did Titanic, you know, just, <laughs> wow, I can conquer anything. What a day. I remember when I graduated high school. What a day. It was so amazing. And then I got home and I'm like, oh, the world is waiting for me. What do I do now? I remember what a day when I asked uh, Cindy to marry me, to be my wife. What a day. And let me tell you something, you know why it was what a day? Because then I had to meet with her dad for three hours. Three hours! I'm gonna tell you, I, I was, you know, I was more afraid of him than God. I mean, it was like so intense, you know. And finally at the end, he smiled and said, I'm so excited you're gonna marry my daughter. I'm like, why did you start with that? You know, I was just like, and Cindy was kind of listening in and waiting and, you know, and I uh, said, yeah, I came out of the throne room of glory. He said, yes, you know, and so it was so amazing. And then I remember the day where we got, we got married, our wedding day. What a day. I remember turning around and they said, stand up for the bride. And I didn't know what wedding dress she would have on. Or, and I just remember looking at her coming down and I'm like, wow, she's going to be my queen. Wow. In fact, there's a... I mean, look at that good-looking couple. That guy looks pretty sharp too, right? Yeah. Come on now, show some love this morning. But she did something in our wedding. She did something I didn't know because I flew in four days from the USA for my wedding. Four days, I had no idea. They gave her a microphone, literally on stage, and she sang to me, Shania Twain, from this moment. Yeah, that's how I felt in the moment. I'm like, yeah, way to go, Cindy. Thank you so much. And I'm like... You know, I'm trying, I don't cry that easy. I'm just fighting back tears. I've got all my friends, my surfer buddies on the front row like, ha, ha, come on, bro, let's see it, come on. But I loved it, what a day, what a day, what a day. I remember the, the day where 
we were in the delivery room and, and Cindy's giving birth to Shay. What a day. There are so many memories from that day. People say, Pastor Sheldon, what's the memory that you have in that day? I can tell you the most nervous part of it was when I had to cut the umbilical cord. Because the, our doctor had told me, said, hey, listen, I need to speak to you. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. What is it? She said, when, we, when the, you have to cut the cord, don't cut it like you're cutting out a work of art. You've got to cut through that thing. And I, I'm telling you, it put the fear of God in me. And, and I remember when they said, okay, it's your turn. And I was shaking and I took the scissors and I just went, cut it. And I said, what a day. I did it. I made it. Oh, hey, welcome, Shay. You know, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be a good dad because I cut through that cord. <laughs> what a day. What a day. You know, we're going to look at a passage today where there's two guys in the Bible that experienced what a day. It's found in Luke chapter 24. And I'm going to read a few scriptures today. You can follow on the screens. And just telling their story, in verse 13 of Luke chapter 24, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still with their faces downcast. And one of them, Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? I mean, these two guys are walking, Jesus shows up, their, their faces, they don't have to use words, they so grew up by just pain and suffering and grief. Their Messiah, their rabbi, their teacher died, and Jesus shows up, hey guys, what's happening? And they're just like moping, and he, he said, and they look at him like, what? Are you like the only dude that has not seen the posts on social media that Jesus was crucified? And there's rumors going on on TMZ that there were angels, and the tomb is empty, and no one knows who took his body? Like, you have no idea? Like, where have you been? What things, he asked they said about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. And in addition, some of our women, amazed, they went to the tomb early in the morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they have seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And then some of, some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. And they did not see Jesus. Verse 25, and he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe. All the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? In the beginning with Moses and all the prophets, and he explained to them what was said in all scriptures concerning himself. Jesus, as he's walking with them in their grief and their sorrow, they don't even recognize it's him, that he begins to take them through the scriptures to say, hey, let me take you from the prophets all the way through. Let me remind you. And he begins to share the scripture. He begins to minister to them. He begins to say, hey, you were thinking that I was coming in glory when I, when I rode over on Palm Sunday on a donkey and I came into Jerusalem on a donkey. You thought glory, his year. But the scripture said that I had to suffer 
The scripture spoke about by my stripes you'd be healed. The scripture spoke about the sin of humanity coming upon me as I was on the cross. I even told you that I would die, but on the third day I'd be risen. And he's beginning to speak to them, and it's getting later in the day. And verse 28, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. And, but they, they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. And so he went in to stay with them. Jesus is continuing to move on. They're like, no, 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 hey, come. You, you're sharing so much with us. Be, there's something that's happening here. We, you're opening our minds to scripture. We're starting to look at the timeline of things that's going on. And we kind of remember Jesus telling us about this. Stay with us. Tell us more. And, they, and so they invite him and he, and he comes. And then something powerful happens in verse 30. And as he sat at the table with them, he took bread. He gave thanks and he broke it, and he began to give it to them. This is something that Jesus would do with his disciples continually as they, he would host them. He would, they would come together, and he would take bread, and he would give thanks, and he'd break it and give it to them. And these disciples are sitting, and they begin to, all of a sudden, something's, the dots are being connected right now. He's been telling them about scripture. He's been telling them about suffering and then glory. And, and as he takes the bread, they, they begin to reflect on the last supper where he, he took the bread, and he broke it, and he gave it to them and said, this is my body. This is my body which is given for you. I'm about to go to a cross and give my life and take your sins and the sins of humanity on the cross. For Romans 6.23 says the penalty of sin is death, separation from God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. As he's breaking the bread, they're beginning to think, oh, Jesus did that, our Messiah did that. And in verse 31, their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. In that moment, their eyes were opened. He is risen. He's Jesus. He came as a savior, but he's risen as a king. And they got up and they returned. So in verse 32, and they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? And they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those who were with them assembled together saying, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And, and then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Oh, I love this passage. They asked each other, did not your heart burn? As, as he was breaking, as he's telling us the scripture, in the midst of our grief and suffering, as he's breaking the bread, I began to see who he was. I began to understand and my heart began to burn with joy. He is risen. You know, people ask me a lot of times, Pastor, what, is, what does Resurrection Sunday mean to you? I believe that Resurrection Sunday, it's a reminder for us of God's absolute sovereignty over life and death. He is risen. 
I love the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54 to 55. And when the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? Jesus said in John 11, verse 25, and Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Oh, I love that. Paul says to us that death could not hold him back. Yes, he died for our sins and he paid the price, but he also rose on the third day to conquer sin, death, hell, and the grave. He rose in new life that you and I can experience resurrection life. You see, when I think about that day, when I, when I think in my life, I think about what a day for me, what a day for me happened at age 13, not when I kissed that girl, but age 13 at a youth camp. Where, where I heard about this Jesus for the first time and my eyes were blinded. They were blinded with, with selfishness. They were blinded as every teenager, the world is all about me and it's my way and my things. But as, at, at age 13, I, I heard for the first time that this God in heaven loved me and that this God in heaven chose me and that he paid the price for my sin. And at 13, I knew what that meant because I'd done a lot of stupid things and I knew that I was guilty. But the good news was not that God was mad at me because I thought that, you know, if God could get me in a corner, he'd give me the biggest spanking ever. That's what I thought at 13. But then I heard about his love for me. And my eyes were opened and my heart burned. And I said, yes to Christ, what a day. What a day for me at age 13. As I look back I can, in my life, I can see in John 10, 10, where Jesus said, I came to give you life and life overflowing. Every day for me since that moment, since that decision, since that what a day experience, I have lived life in newness. I've lived life in a relationship, not a religion, doing life with God. See in 1 Corinthians chapter five, verse 17, I love that verse. It says that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. You see, in my life, when my eyes were open and my heart was open to Jesus, he changed me from the inside out. And from that moment till today, there is nothing greater than Jesus. There is no one like Jesus. There's nothing like doing life with God. There's a joy and a peace. See, Jesus said, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you. These two men, as they were walking down a road, thought that Jesus had forgotten about them. They thought that Jesus had forsaken, but guess what? He was there walking with them. They didn't recognize him. You know, that's the hope for you and I today, because for some of us, we're like, where are you, God? He's right next to you. He's been walking with you the whole time. Even the psalmist, King David, wrote this down. He said, even in the midst of hell, the darkest despair, God, you're with me. God, you're with me. Now, for some of us today, as we think about what a day, there's some of us today that we reflect. We reflect back to the time where we said yes to Jesus. We reflect back to that moment where our eyes were open and our hearts burned with, yes, God, I need you. 
Yes, God, I've missed your mark. Yes, God, but thank you for your grace and thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you made things right and all I have to do is receive you and invite you and to acknowledge that my sins and failures, repent of them, God, and you forgive me. And as I invite you to be my Lord and Savior, you changed my life. There's some of you that remember that. What a day, but the reality is today you're not living in that. You're not living in that anymore. You know, David, David had that experience in Psalm 51. David had committed adultery, he had committed sin. David loved the Lord, but in the moment he, had, he took his eyes off God and his eyes was blinded by his sin and his failures and his disappointment. He, his, his eyes were blinded to obeying God and he did his own thing. And the prophet Nathan comes to him and says, David, let me tell you something. He tells him a story and in that story, that narrative, David realizes that he's the one. He's the one that's, that's turned his eyes and his heart away from God. He began to do things his own way. And David, in the midst of that, he goes into the temple and he repents and he writes something so beautiful in Psalm 51, verse 12. David says this, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain. Oh, I love how David writes this. He says, God, I've forgotten Forgotten about how good you've been to me. I've forgotten, God, that you've never left me. God, I did it my own way. I wandered from you in the midst of that wandering. God, would you restore? There's some of you today that are in this room and online. You, you, I know you, you had that great experience of what a day, yes to Christ. But in the midst of life and chaos, you began to wander. And you're in this place that you have the story about what a day. But the reality is you're not living it today. And here's the good news. Like David, God, would you restore to me the joy of being your child? The joy that my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. The joy that the last breath on earth that I breathe will be my first breath in heaven. The joy that I'm the temple of your Holy Spirit. The joy that sin has no hold over my life anymore. You defeated sin, hell on the grave. Death, where is your sting? Death, where is your sting? The joy that Jesus is king and everything in him, as we're in him, is under our feet. And as some of you today, you don't know about that day. You don't have a water day experience with Jesus. I want to tell you, maybe today's your day. Maybe today, like these two men that were going down a road, they were, they were blinded by grief and suffering. Maybe today as you're going through life, you're blinded by depression. Maybe you're going through life, you're blinded by disappointment. Maybe you're blinded by failure today. Maybe, maybe your spouse said something to you or your best friend stabbed you in the back. Maybe you were hoping for that job promotion. Instead of a promotion, you got kicked out. Who, who knows what you're going through right now? No one knows, but I want to tell you the good news. God knows. God knows. Because guess what? Just like the two men that were blinded in their pain and their suffering, maybe you're blinded in isolation. Maybe you're blinded in religion. I don't know your story, but Jesus came into the midst and walked with these two men. They couldn't recognize him, but he was there. Today, maybe my friend, maybe as he opened their eyes and their hearts burned, maybe today's your day for God to open your eyes and to touch your heart. I love the verse in John three sixteen. 
Shared about it at Good Friday. It says, for God so loved the world. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. That whoever, I love that. Whoever. Doesn't matter where you are in life, what you've done, how bad it is. Maybe it's small, maybe it's huge. Whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I love that verse. I shared this on Good Friday. One of the greatest symbols of love is the cross. For God so loved us that he gave his son Jesus. And that Jesus, as scripture says, you did not choose me. Jesus said, I chose you. He chose to go to the cross. He chose to pay the price for our sins. And he says, I'm ready to give you new life. You know, the beginning of John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world. It's pretty broad, and it is. God loved the whole world. But this morning, I want to bring it down to making it personal. Take out the word, the word world and put your name in it. For God so loved Charlton. For God so loved Greg. For God so loved Cindy. That he gave his one and only son. That if Charlton, Greg, Cindy, would believe in him, they will never perish. They'll have eternal life. And that life is a God life. It's a transform that's living out of him every single day. See, it's not waiting till we get to heaven. It starts today. What a day. What a day. It's every eye is closed and head is bowed. Let's take a moment to pray this morning. This morning I want to pray for you. I want to pray today that this what a day, this resurrection Sunday that Jesus, he rose on the third day that you and I can have new life. He's not calling us to religion. He's calling us to relationship. Well, pastor, if you know how bad it is in my world right now. You don't know the pain I'm going through. You don't know the suffering. My friend, I don't. But yes, the good news, Jesus does. And just like he met those two men on a road, he wants to meet with you this morning. For some of you, you've wandered away. If you're honest, you remember that day you said yes to Jesus. But it's so far back. He wants to, you to live out of that today today. For some of you have never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. You're so worried about what happens and my world is chaotic and we, we read and, and see on the news about shootings and deaths and violence and you begin to think, what is next in life? What is next? My friend, it's not a what, it's a who. And the who is Jesus. See, he defeated death. He defeated sin. So that in him, you know without a shadow of a doubt, your last breath on earth is your first breath in heaven. 
Maybe today is your day. So his eyes are closed and heads are bowed and no one's moving around. Today, if you want to say yes to Jesus, I'd love to pray with you. The Bible says that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. The word saved there means restored to relationship, means delivered, means set free. Maybe today's your day, my friend. He's right next to you. If he's tugging on your heart, today's your day. Why not say yes? So if your eyes closed and head, heads bowed, if that's, your, if that's you today, Pastor, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to come back to him for the first time. I want to invite him into my life. My heart is burning right now. Something's happening. I don't understand it. In this room and online, you can say yes to Jesus. No one looking around. Slip your hand up quick. I want to pray for you. Say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to say yes to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, sir. Beautiful. Thank you in the back. I see you. Say, why raise your hand? Because you raise your hand, you're raising your heart. You're raising your heart to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I see in the back. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, young man. Beautiful. Thank you in the back. I see you. Upstairs. Anybody upstairs? I just need to say yes to Jesus today. I see in the top there. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. You're not raising your hand to me right now. You're raising it to Jesus. Thank you, sweetie. I see you. Beautiful. You're raising your hand to Jesus. Thank you in the back. I see you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Young girl, I see you. A lot of young kids are saying yes to Jesus. Young and old are saying yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. The greatest name. The King of Kings. You're saying yes to the King today. You're saying, yes, I want that new life. I see you, young girl. I see you, ma'am. Beautiful. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hands going up everywhere this morning. Online, that's, you can raise your hand online too this morning. If you don't want to say yes to Jesus, no one might be around you. You're watching on a phone or an iPad. It doesn't matter. You're saying yes to Jesus this morning. I see you in the back. Saying yes to the King of Kings. Anybody else? As we close. About to close. I don't want to miss anybody. I'm going to go around one more time. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. Thank you in the back. I see you. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Beautiful. Come on. Beautiful. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Come on. Come on. He is the life. He is the king. Let's pray together, everybody, nice and loud. Come on. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I'm choosing this day to follow you. I ask you to forgive me all my sins. Thank you for washing my life clean. Thank you for a new start. The old is gone. The new has come. I am a child of God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, can we give them a hand, church?